This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody and welcome to The Main Ingredient. And yes, I'm your host, Kevin Bergen. And wasn't the weather perfect on Canada Day? What a great way to celebrate Canada's 149th birthday. We live in a great country and we should all appreciate that every single day. But let's get down to business and talk to my first guest, Sean Branson, who is the chairman of Provence Biz, which is an association of business owners who join together to promote Provence and the surrounding area. Their mutual goal is to develop the city's sole Grand Boulevard into a prosperous economic site. Sean, how are you today, buddy? Things are great. Thank you, Kev. You know, I'm, I'm glad to have you back. So let's talk a little bit about Provence Biz. You told me that you are the mm-hmm. chair of Provence Biz. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I was uh, when I came back to uh, St. Boniface and Provence, I wanted to be the uh, to be involved. And uh, after about a year on the board, I became the chair and we started uh, a lot of great things uh, for streetscaping and those kind of things for the biz, as well as some events and, and a farmer's market as well. Oh, well, let's talk about the farmer's market. They're really popular right now. So I want to know um, what's going on with yours, like the vendors and all sorts of things that you have going on there. Yeah. So we, we had an area in Provence Park, which was developed for that purpose of a farmer's market. And uh, basically we uh, have vendors that come there every Friday from 10 till 2 and sell local products, uh, uh, different vegetables and uh, handmade things. Okay, so speaking of vendors, how about we talk about a few of the vendors that you have at your market? Yeah, we have um, some uh, vegetables that come from Eli, Manitoba. There's a it's a local uh, sort of uh, farm that's that's there. Uh, we have um, some fresh squeezed lemonade uh, from this uh, sort of food truck with with, with lemonade. Uh, we have uh, also tortier, sugar pie, uh, those kind of things. Uh, some some local art. Uh, Handmade signs, uh, handmade jewelry. The key is everything has to be made by someone or by the hands. It's not ordered in a bulk from abroad. It's uh, made with love. Right. You said that you, you, that was the criteria for vendors to get in, right? It couldn't be something that they just purchased overseas or, you know, you kind of stay away from the flea market feel. It has to be made locally. Exactly. I mean, supporting local, uh, having it on Fridays when our shops on Provence are open as well to for a spinoff. And also we have uh, some, some music. We... Uh, sometimes we have uh, balloon clowns with balloon animals. Oh, sorry if you're scared of clowns, but, <laughs> but they're nice balloon animals. Trust me, it's I'm worth okay, it. I'm okay with clowns. I'm yeah, good. you know, uh, some guy on a guitar playing some music. It's a, it's a great event, and it's right on Provence. Just perfect. Um, let's talk about when it's open. Okay. Dayton, Dayton Times. Yeah, date and times. It's every Friday uh, throughout uh, throughout summer from uh, ten to two, and it's just right across from on Provence, right across from City Hall, Festival de Voyager, uh, just right in Provence Park. So those who were there yesterday will know that it was open from ten to two. But uh, at mm-hmm. least for Friday coming up, people will know that it's open. Yeah, right? ten to two, and as well on Canada Day, we also had some of the vendors down Provence, uh, closer to. Um, to the uh, to the Provence Bridge, and there was fireworks at eleven. Uh, at Promenade, we had uh, our entire parking lot with uh, tables and chairs for two hundred people. Front row seats for Canada Day. It's always a great, great event. There. I'm coming there. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Well, yeah. I went there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you have that? So yeah, we have we have uh, live music as well as our patio, and uh, we have Nick Messner from Siclac, who's a, he's the lead violinist uh, for for Siclac, which is a great uh, Franco Manitoban band, as well as uh, MLC, which uh, is a, a group of great uh, people. They're from the Brigade de River Rouge, and they have a five piece band, and and they they rocked it out all the way till the fireworks. What's the effort level to organize something like that? 
you know what? It, it's uh, when you're surrounded by with good people, it's it's easy. But you know, when you do it once, the first time is is a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. You learn things, and then you move on to the next one. Uh, a lot of moving and schlepping of, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to do, uh, you know, seating for two, 200 people. But it's something people, we have one of the best views of the fireworks, the forex people line up on Provence Bridge. And it's just a, a really great vibe around there during during Canada Day. What time do people usually get there? Like what time do you have to get there to, in order to get one of the 200 we seats? We close off Provence. Um, so as far as standing outside the restaurant there, you have to get there at around eight or nine to get a front row seat. Yep. But the... Inside our uh, parking lot, you have to usually boat boat by seven, seven or eight, mm-hmm. uh, and then the restaurant opens at six o'clock, and the restaurant's full, our patio's full, and uh, it's a good time. What time is Provence closed? Is it closed all day? Well, they they close off the uh, tache at around uh, nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then all the pedestrians come, so they can spill right out into the into the street as well as beyond the Provence Bridge and, uh, and on the Esplanade Louis Riel. And uh, it's a great time. Sounds good. What time do you get home? Uh, it's uh, it's a little later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the times all the teals and everything. And then uh, we have two weddings on Saturday. Oh, one at Lower Fort Gary and the other one at Fort Gibraltar, which is our catering venues. But you know what? It's worth it. It's great to see so many people on Provence and have it all vibrant and, and wonderful. You are lazy. Like, you really got to get it together and, you know, start working, Sean. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about another job, but uh, we were talking about it earlier, but yeah. I think I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to mention that on there? No, 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 you sure? No, okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about the music on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on there? So what we've done with the Provence Biz, we've partnered with Festival de Voyageur, and it's a, a great event during the summer for them. And what we have is we have local bands as well as local restaurants. So we have uh, like uh, people like Leonard Sumner, Jeremy and the Delicious Hounds, Red Moon Road, Foiza, Del Barber, great musicians that are that have their connection with Festival. And then we have great restaurants uh, such as uh, Garage Cafe, Chez's, Promenade Cafe and Wine, Fort Gibraltar, Stella's at CCFM. So basically every week we have a different band, a different restaurant in Provence, and uh, it's from uh, 12 until 1 every Wednesday. So the bands are playing outside? There's an outside amphitheater for the band, and then there's a green space. It's right between Provence, sort of City Hall, and uh, Festival de Voyager. There's a uh, a sculpture garden actually Mm -hmm. there. And so once again, bringing uh, people there, our first one with Del Barber, we had over 200 people. And uh, so it was, it's, uh, it was great. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. Like whose brainchild was that? Was that yours? No. Well, it, not really. No, it was, it, was a, it was a group effort as far as from the biz, but certainly Festival does such an amazing job in February for the 10 days mm-hmm. and just wanted a presence in the summer and wanted to bring people to Provence for their lunch hour. And this is the first year for this? This will be year four. Wow. Yeah. I'm kind of sheltered. I don't get out much, you know. Well, you know, <laughs> gotta keep track. Holy smokes, that's pretty good. And all the bands are are local bands. They're either local or they're from like every, last year. We had a, a band from Quebec, a really pretty pretty big deal band. Yeah, uh, one uh, that's a bilingual one from Saskatchewan last year. But they're all they're all either big bands or single people that play in larger bands. Mm-hmm. But then they turn it into a two piece, like the Del Bar Barber one and. And Sumner as well. They're just going to branch off and make it a bit more personal, right? Yeah. It's just a great, just to sit, you know, in, on the grass or under a tent. Under tent, we have seating as well and and, uh, and that sort of thing. And then the restaurants uh, serve the food for the lunch hour and you can listen to some great music. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
yeah, it's fun. Is there any particular time you should get there? Like, is it full? Uh, you know, is, is there? Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly decent size space. The larger, largest uh, number of people that we've had is around 350 people, and that kind of kind of filled it up. I mean, we probably could go to about 400, yeah. but to get a good good seat and that sort of thing, it's it's good to come. You know, at around eleven thirty or so, most okay. most people come on their lunch hour, though. Okay, and the, the band starts playing at what time? Uh, it's from from twelve until one. Okay, perfect. Yeah. When we return, we're going to talk about wine tasting and sample three Chilean wines here on six eighty CJOB. We are back, and Sean Branson, the chair of Provence Business, here to talk about wine tasting. Sean, you are my go to guy when it comes to wine. You know, um, you've probably forgotten more than I'll ever know about wine, which is awesome. And you've brought three wines with you. So first of all, we're going to talk about wine tasting. Okay. Yeah. Wine tasting, uh, wine tasting for dummies. How about that? Perfect. And uh, I can I can help you out with that. No problem at all. <laughs> um, so how about we start at the beginning? Okay. You know how how should someone approach um, tasting wine for the first time? Not tasting wine for the first time, mm-hmm. but but you know trying to determine what a good wine is and how to taste it properly. Yeah, I mean, there's there's different steps. Uh, you, when I took my uh, sommelier course, there was actually two pages of steps to, to go through the whole thing. So it's actually can be as elaborate as you want or as easy as you want. But right. I kind of break it into into three steps, sort of your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that you want to sort of concentrate on when you're evaluating wine. Your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. Let's start with the eyes. Okay. So the eyes, uh, it's very important to look at the wine to to evaluate its color. Uh, if you want to look at it, is it vi- if it's a white wine, is it vibrant? Is it young? Uh, is, it, is it more dull? So which may say that it's maybe a little bit older or it's a different grape. Then the second thing is, is uh, for eyes is looking at the color. And uh, some basically white wines look like white wine, red wines mm-hmm. look like red wine. But there's little things as far as different reds and different purple hues, things that are around the outer edge and uh, and that sort of thing for for the eyes. Okay. So as we look at this white wine and you can you can tell me what it is and where it's right. from. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I brought some wines from Chile. Chile right. is a great uh, place for wines because uh, the prices are very reasonable uh, for, for a number of factors. Uh, uh, you know, land prices are, are inexpensive, labor is inexpensive, and, and they've got a lot of area where you can grow quality wines. Uh, so the first one is a, a Chardonnay from Connoisseur. Uh, neat thing about the producer is they have a whole, a whole organic line of wines. In fact, the red and the white are all certified organic, mm-hmm. which is difficult to do because the entire valley has to be organic for seven or more years before oh. you can actually call it organic. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's kind of neat, you know, for the white. So what is that? The color of this white wine telling us? So um, this is the Chardonnay. Oops, sorry, I poured you a little too much there. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. You know, don't let that happen again. Yeah, yeah. So we just poured out the glass uh, of uh, of uh, the Chardonnay, the Connoisseur Chardonnay, and what, mm. what, what about how you hold the glass? I I, I heard okay. that you're supposed to hold the stem, not the actual glass itself. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, you can you can hold. Uh, I, I prefer. Well, most wine glasses have stems. Some of them you, yeah, you they, just they hold don't the bowl. Now, right? Yeah. Huh. But uh, the key thing is our our hands. They, they have. Uh, they have grease on them. They, you know, you want to keep it away from from the wine when you're evaluating and looking at it, as well as your hand will warm the warm the the wine as well. Okay, and change the flavor if you if you warm it up too much. Okay, yeah. So we just poured the Chardonnay. If you sort of tilt it on a forty five degree angle, you can you can sort of evaluate it. And if you look, it has a nice kind of golden yellow kind of color to it. Like it's, it's, it's kind of bright. It's really pretty. <laughs> Biggest thing when you're looking at when you're looking at wines, you want to make sure you look at it, it there's nothing weird happening and basically should I put this in my mouth? That's 
the first. So many jokes, but really. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that, that wasn't on the big, big list of things, but yeah, you look at it. It looks, has to look fresh. Is it look old and dead? This isn't. It's very, very, very nice and fresh. Yeah, it looks nice. I can smell it already. Like mm, when it turns, yeah, it smells can, great. Exactly. So that goes to the next thing, the nose. And basically what you do is you just lift up the glass, you bring it to your nose. And as you're getting closer, you can smell more of the primary uh, sort of uh, floral essences at the very beginning. And then as you work your way deeper, you get more alcohol and deeper, deeper smells. Okay. So how far am I putting my nose in this thing? How, well, how, how just get right in there? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, basically you want to move as soon as you start moving it towards your nose, you start to smell the, the wine itself yep. and then, and then sort of concentrate on that and then work your way further. Um, there is a, a progression in that. So we smell it and it's got My some mic is getting in the way. Yeah, I know. Bloody I know. mic. <laughs> so that's the first step. And then the okay. second part of this, of the, of the smelling is you swirl it around. And what you're doing is when you're swirling it around, I go, People can uh, hear that I go, can hear I go that. clockwise. So you can sort of uh, go around there. And what you're doing is you're actually creating evaporation. You're loading the smell into the glass. That's why we have big glasses and you give it another smell. And the smells really yeah, leap guess, out. Yeah, they do now. Yeah, and so it's, it's sort of like you know, in, uh, when you're spinning it around, you're turning up the volume. You're mm-hmm. like uh, it's like Spinal Tap. You 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 have your amp set at eleven, all the way up to eleven. You're going all the way up, and the alcohol is filling the glass. So it smells. See, if you weren't here, I would have chugged good. this like ten minutes ago. I, think I just made a big smack sound. To it. <laughs> I'm starting to get. Did you taste it already? Yeah, well, pretty much. You cheated. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> So, so eyes, nose, and now next is mouth. Okay. So there's, there's a, a way to do this and I'll show you how right, right. now. Okay. You pull, pull it into your mouth. <laughs> yeah. So that was, you never, ever want to do that in a fine dining uh, situation Are you be, yeah. or, or on radio. Is that, is that, a, is that a faux pas there? You don't want to gurgle it. Well, you want to gurgle it around it. Basically what I did was I tilted my head forward. Right. I brought air into the wine. And now move the wine through my entire mouth, the roof of my mouth, under my tongue. Just really move it around there so I can really taste it there. Mm-hmm. And you taste with different different things in different parts of your mouth yep. when you're tasting the wine. So That's really good. So that's a, yeah, Chardonnay, uh, the Connoisseur Organic Chardonnay. It's about uh, 1250 at the Liquor Commission. It's so easy. Reasonable. For sure. Chili is great with values like this. And it's and it's and it's got good sort of toasty notes, oak, bit of vanilla there. Mm-hmm. And um, nice and refreshing. You said it's reasonable because of the cost of land. Well, cost of land and production. So, I mean, if you're farming uh, in Napa Valley, California, land prices are much different than in a huge valley that basically Connoisseur owns the entire valley to make it the, the designation of it being organic killer and uh and they're able to make it in larger quantities and mm-hmm. uh and that sort of thing yeah i like it it's very mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. um so the chardonnay is a great versatile grape there's a lot of different flavors that you can get with it it's great with fish um salmon a lot of different uh buttery dishes it has a bit of a butteriness to it yeah i like it smooth mm-hmm. so and i don't drink a lot of white wine because i usually like red first i usually like that the best but this one i would I would drink. It's good. Yeah. We'll be back after the break. I'm Kevin Bergen here with Provence Biz Chairman Sean Branson on the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. I'm Kevin Bergen, and after the news, weather, and sports at the bottom of the hour, we'll return and continue our conversation about wine tasting on the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. This is the main ingredient, and I'm your host, Kevin Bergen, with Provence Biz Chairman Sean Branson, who's about to break down the art of wine tasting. So when you're tasting the wine, you want to move it around your mouth, I mean, and think about it. 
Uh, and the glass is also important. Larger glass, when it tilts and, and goes into your mouth, it lays on your entire uh, palate. Uh, if you're doing sh- tequila, you want a flat glass. <laughs> I you hope want you brought it, some. You know, uh, maybe next time. <laughs> then you shoot it back to your back of your throat. You want the alcohol working because it's not about savoring it. Mm-hmm. But wine, wine, you want to lay it on your palate and you taste with different parts of your tongue and, and your mouth, uh, that sort of thing. When you said a larger glass, so are we talking the, the, the mouth of the glass wider or are we talking the size of the glass taller? Um, it depends on what you're trying to do. So like if you're, if, if it's the wider it is, the more surface area that the wine has, so mm-hmm. it releases more of the smell. Mm-hmm. If it's taller, you think of a champagne flute, it's, it's keeping the bubbles there right. and you're just kind of focusing it to your nose. So the size of the glass is important. The shape of the glass is important. How can um, it, okay, so usually red is, you know, the fat glasses, fat and mm-hmm. wide and yeah. they're just bigger and, and uh, white wine is usually, you know, a little bit narrower, not like champagne glasses, mm-hmm. but they're narrower and longer. And the reason for that between the two? Um, there's usually more more characteristics in a red wine that you can smell or taste. Uh, white wines uh, are usually ch- chilled so that you get some fruit, you get some alcohol, and you get some refreshing acidity. In red wines, there's way more complex complexities to it as far as the kind of the grape. It, it, grape uh, it's more complex, so you usually you know, bigger glasses needed. But you know, bigger the glass, the better. If it's a really crappy wine, get a small glass or shoot it like tequila. <laughs> It's, right, you just take less and it looks like, oh, yeah, you're yeah, enjoying it. Yeah. The other thing, too, is uh, you can chill chill the wine. Uh, the more you chill it, the more the less flavors come through. Mm-hmm. So you think of beer and you have a really strong beer. If it's warm, you can taste every part of it. For sure. Right? Yep. If, it's, if it's chilled down, you just finish cutting the grass and you're ready for a cold one and it's chilled right down, like mm-hmm. down quite a bit, yep. it goes down super easy. So it's the same thing with wine. All right, so you have a blush wine sitting there, and, and you can tell yeah. me some. I didn't realize. I always thought that blush was a combination of red and white, and that is incorrect. I think when we went to high school, some of those blushes were that, that case, <laughs> yep. but uh, traditionally that's not uh, um, the way it is. It's actually um, a red grape um, that basically they've they've allowed a limited um, – connection with the skin. So they, they basically crush the grapes, the skin's in contact with the juice, and then they, uh, they remove the skins right away. So you just have the juice. So it's got a bit of a pinky sort of color to it. So it's actually fully red wine. Fully red wine. Fully red grape. Red grape. Yeah. So you look at grapes, the red grapes, they're, they're, they've got lots of color on the outside, mm-hmm. clear on the inside. And basically what you're doing is you're just tasting most of the, the clear inside, they remove the skins. And there's a lot of different reasons to make, uh, uh, rosé or this kind of wine. Yeah. And, and the main reason was uh, in France, uh, southern France, they really only grow red grapes. That, this is good. It's like yeah. air. Yeah. I haven't tasted it yet, so I've got to do the, the quick <laughs> eyes, nose, and, uh, and the mouth. Um, well, I tried to, but I just chugged it. Right, it was good. Going right but to the nose. And uh, yeah, it's got a neat, really. Which one is that again? So this is a, a Shiraz Rosé. It's Castillo Diablo. It's made Castillo by, Diablo. by Conciatore. Tony Montana. <laughs> Absolutely, and the reason—the <laughs> reason why they they actually call it—it's the house of the devil, and that's the name of the winery. They had some problems way back when with uh, theft out of the out of the cellar, and what they did was they made up this uh, this thing, the thing that there was a devil that lived down in the cellar, and it stopped theft right away, just like that. They were—they didn't really want to even go into the cellar. So, well, if this was down in the cellar, no wonder there was theft. It's really good. It is, yeah. And so what's neat is that this is a, a, a Shiraz rosé. 
So Shiraz, we've had it from Australia. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful wine, really big and bold. Yep. And what ha- what's my favorite made- kind of red? There you go. And this is made in a rosé way. So basically, they crushed it. They let the skins in contact for a while. They drained it away the skins. And then you have this, uh, the grape of Shiraz, but you get the essence of it, but not all the big dark flavors, which is great in hot climates that you want to pair with fish, maybe a Mediterranean climate like Provence. Mm -hmm. You have lots of fish, but you have lots of red wine. You make rosés, you make them crisp, and they're great with food. Nice. So rosés would be chilled like whites. You would chill them like whites, yeah. Yeah, just to uh, just to uh, get them nice and, and fresh, um, and uh, yeah, the other the other area where they made rosé uh, was Italy, and what they would do is they'd remove some of the grape juice and make the rosé to give more concentrated reds and leave the hundred percent of the skins, but fifty percent of the juice, and they make really big, huge wines that are like eighty, ninety, hundred dollars in the store. Like, wow! Yeah, so. Like bur- yeah, Barolos and things mm-hmm. like that. You brought a couple of bottles of those too, right? For us to just uh, chug maybe, here in the studio next week. It depends <laughs> <laughs> with the, with shooter glasses. Mm, yeah, the Barolo and the shooter glass. <laughs> I've now lost all credibility. That so is that's nice, good. isn't it? Nice. And the thing is, is that it's not just about not just about sweetness. Like some people think rosé would right. be. It's it's got great character. Uh, you could replace it with a. With a white wine, easily, and it pairs well with food. Mm-hmm. What yeah. would you pair this with again? Uh, the rosé uh, uh, shellfish, it's good with. Uh, it's good with chicken with mushroom sauces. Uh, you could go, uh, like salmon is one of those things that you can, depending on what you do with it, it can go with a lot of variety of diff- different things. Mm-hmm. But you can even t- to have this with a, a heavier meat, as long as it wasn't high in fat or anything like that. Right. I find it strange that we're drinking the rosé and it's, it's lighter than the white we just drank. Like it's just... You, you taste, you get the flavors, and then it mm-hmm. literally just evaporates off. And that's the, time. the thing is, it, it's it's pure juice with the skins removed for a bit. Whereas the first one had a bit of a little bit of oak and vanilla, right? And with Chardonnays, uh, some Chardonnays have something called malolactic fermentation. It's turning the malic acids, which are the sharp acids, to lactic acids, which is like milk. You're scary, and it makes all that. creamy. So <laughs> you scare me, man. <laughs> So that's the difference. Is the first one had a bit of touch of oak, but it had some of that malolactic fermentation that made it buttery and more depth of flavor. Mm-hmm. Where the other one is perfect for sitting on a patio on Provence, Bromenade <laughs> 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 Cafe and wine. We have a lot of rosés there, so it works so quite well. That's perfect, man. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, let's get on to. Let's move on to the red that you brought. Let's uh, first. Let's say what kind it is and. Um, Aren't you going to put it in your shoe and knock the cork out? Yeah, I, was, I, was, I thought that I lost my opener. There's a way of uh, opening up wine. You can put it in your shoe and hit it against the wall, but we're going to use an, an opener for I, this I wanted one. to see that trick, man. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe some other time for you sure. Go to me. What's with the hole in the wall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Mind exactly. your business. So I'm just going to open this up. What this next wine is, is a uh, connoisseur once again. It's uh, a, uh, a blend of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and Carmenere. It's organic as well, which is kind of nice. And uh, it just means that, you know, it, obviously wine and grapes, it's it's farming. You know, you're growing grapes and uh, and basically you just know that they're not, uh, they're taking it seriously. They mm-hmm. care enough to have organic practices and stuff like that. Some wineries, especially really expensive wineries, they they do weird things. They, they bury things under the ground. They put... Uh, they play classical music to their grapes. They they do lots of Are you being serious? weird things. Yeah, to what, what, organ- to what improve the quality, change the, change the taste, improve the quality. Like what are they? Yeah, I mean they they basically feel that uh, 
to doing these things, focusing the celestial uh, sort of uh, vibe into the grapes uh, makes it makes it big deal. In Canada, Summerhill Winery, they age uh, their sparkling wine in a pyramid that they've built in, in BC. And uh, they swear that the the wine that's aged in the pyramid tastes different than the one that's not aged in the pyramid. Because what it's made out of? Or this is just a ritual they believe? Because they like wearing uh, tinfoil hats, I think, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> You know, the big the big thing for me is if they care so much to basically build a pyramid to store their wines, they're going to care about the wines that, that, that are there. They're going to do the proper thing mm-hmm. with it. So this next one is uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and Carmenere. Carmenere is uh, – they're both originally from France, those two grapes, but they do quite well in, in – uh, in Chile. So when you look at it, the eyes part of it, uh, you're looking at it, it's got a dark color. Very rich. I sometimes put my finger in, like sort of underneath the glass to sort of see if I can see all the way through it, but it's pretty, pretty dark. Okay, but I'm black, so that doesn't work for me. No, no. <laughs> I want to use my finger. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I can't see yeah, my finger. <laughs> uh, okay, then it's, then it's good. Then it must be good. Um, so, and then you look around the outer edge as well and they call it the meniscus. There's a nice little word for you. Oh, yes. to, you can use it all week. <laughs> um, it, you just look at how, how close the color is, the dark color is to the outer edge. In lighter wines, you, it won't be concentrated all the way to the edge. This one's pretty, pretty concentrated. So that's the eyes part. You know, you can classify it whatever red wine color that you want. Mm-hmm. The, the nose would give it a good smell. It's got uh, smells like red wine, so you got to get past that <laughs> and alcohol. And but it has some nice red fruit kind of characteristics, mm-hmm. like dried. I don't want to get past sort of the, the the alcohol smell. I like that smell. The, then, then just stick your nose in there. Just <laughs> so then Even we give the it the stuff, spin. Man, come on, bro. We give it the spin, and then we give it another nose. And um, yeah, the smell really leaps out. The, I can smell more of the Carmenere, which mm-hmm. is the leafy, earthy kind of characteristic in the wine. The Cab is more about. Red fruit, Carmenere, more uh, leafy and earthy. I'll give it the taste. That's good. I like that. That's my be- that, that's my favorite one right there. Yeah, and I like them all. Mm-hmm. That one. They're all really good examples, but this is terrible. Yeah. I say I like everything. That's not good. No, no. I mean, they, if, I, I drank beer last week, and I was just <laughs> chugging all of it. Let's right? put it this way: if I bring you wines that suck, <laughs> then I wouldn't be doing my job very well. Okay, I guess so, you're right. You know, right? I've, I've tasted a lot of wine to find these ones. This one we saw at the restaurant, and it's got a good red fruit, good acidity. Um, it's got that earthy characteristic, but uh, and uh, you know it's around fourteen dollars at the liquor store. So you can find a lot of really bad wines at that price. But in Chile, this is uh, definitely that is fantastic. Good. That is really good. Isn't that good? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a it's a touch dry, like it just gives you a little mm-hmm. touch, but it's it's a good thing. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, and that drying flavor comes, and you taste you tasted that more in, in this wine than you would. Say the the white right. Mm-hmm. The white was more about acidity. Yep. That that mouth drying flavor. That's the tannins. It's uh, the preservative in the wine. It's also why red wine is is good for you for your heart and that sort of thing. It's got all those those things. Giddy up! Yeah, these are three winners here, man. Yeah, they're good, and and they give sort of a variety of of uh, different uh, Chilean wines, and um, you know certainly the rosé, a, sh- a different way of drinking Shiraz, or as the French call it, Syrah. Syrah? Yeah, same grape, Syrah. You, you say that nice. Um, <laughs> my, kid, my kids wouldn't think so. No? Okay. And then, they all speak uh, French and they laugh at me. Do they? Yeah. yeah. They're all going to laugh at you. Um, the neat thing too, the connoisseur, if you're looking for the one that's organic, it says organic, but it also has a nice little bicycle on the label, which is helpful. Nice. Nice. Mm. I really like this red. Like it's really yeah. good. 
Yeah, and that's that's the thing is you can huge value in in Chile. Another thing about when you're looking for wines, obviously organic wines are really good because they care enough about making it organic that, mm-hmm. that it's good. The other thing too is uh, for wines, uh, if you see reserva reserva or reserve, that means it's had aged in oak. If you see Grand Reserva, that means it's aged in oak longer. And what they do is they taste the wines. They go, oh, we can leave it in oak a little longer. It'll become more complex. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's a more a, a more superior wine. But in Chile, the, the the gap between regular wine at $12 and Reserva at like 16 or 17 and Grand Reserva maybe 21 22 yeah, it's, it's, is super, super reasonable. Yeah. So when in doubt, if you want something more complex, get a Reserva or a Grand Reserva. Otherwise, you know, um, just the regular ones. Nice. Yeah, either way, you're winning, right? Because you're not, you're not breaking the bank to get a, a top-notch wine. Exactly. And if you, if you, for some reason, don't like it, it's 12 bucks. Right. So, you know, you can just move on to the next one and, and that sort of thing. So, but uh, different vintages do change. Uh, Chile is a really interesting area because it's very, uh, very long. Like there's an ocean on one side, mountain range on the other, but north, south, it's incredibly long, almost to the, almost to the equator, all the way down to Antarctica. So you get a wide variety of different grapes and wines from that, from Chile. Hmm. Yeah. I'm curious to know how much wine you've actually drank in order to get this information and know all this stuff. Well, it's uh, you know, there's there's a there's a lot, but it's also ha- in paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can drink all your life and not be able to really figure out what's happening, but it's really taking the time to to do the eyes, the nose, and the mouth, analyze it. You know, read a lot. You know, and yeah, you have to taste. You lose, you lose, uh, you lose your taste buds after a while. Like, you have to really work at it to yep. keep it sharp. Um, and different people are. Super tasters, some people not so much. So I'm kind of right in the middle. Yep. Um, in general, women have uh, better tasting. Well, in men, like for you and me, but no, but usually <laughs> they've got different <laughs> concentrations of, of, of taste buds in their mouth. And, and there's more super tasters that are women than, than men, for hmm. example. If you drink a lot of coffee or smoke or have different. All those things, things change. Yeah. It changes your, your whole palate. Sean, thanks for coming by. My pleasure. I know you're going to come by again. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about another uh, big event that's that's uh, going on in uh, Fort uh, Fort Gibraltar, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we have we have stuff happening at Fort Gibraltar uh, all summer, lots of weddings, but we also have uh, the RCMP musical ride, which mm-hmm. is uh, uh, in August, uh, beginning of August at Lower Fort Gary. Right. So you're going to come back in a couple of weeks and um, talk about that right before the event takes place. Sounds great. Yeah, all it's right, going to be a great event. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming by. Great. My pleasure. Stick around. I'll be right back to wrap things up right after this commercial break. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Once again, I'm your host, Kevin Bergen, and I'd like to thank my guest, Provence Biz Chairman, Sean Branson. I would also like to encourage you all to check out the Provence's Farmer's Market that's open every Friday from noon to 6. If you want a nice, relaxing lunch break, you can also check out the Summer Concert Series every Wednesday at noon. The website is ProvenceBiz.ca for all the information. If you have a show idea or are a local Manitoba vendor who would like to be on the show, just go to the Main Ingredient Facebook page and send me a message. Until then, I will see you all next week here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.